Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back current and future PAs on their way to financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and I hope that you all had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. We were able to spend the time up at my husband's family's cabin, and both my family as well as his family were able to join. We had a lot of fun fishing with our nieces and nephew, riding on the pontoon on the lake, taking the time to catch up, swimming in the lake, as well as enjoying the jet skis that will likely delay our financial independence date just by a little bit, but allow us to have a lot of fun on the journey to financial independence. The one jet ski that we most recently got was actually a very fi purchase. My husband currently works for his uncle's business by putting in docks and boat lifts, and one of the customers had told him that he was interested in selling one of his jet skis as well as the trailer for the jet ski. And my husband thought, okay, well, I'll take a look at it. He knew it was an older one from the early 1990s, so he didn't have much of high hopes for it. But he said when he first looked at it, when the customer had opened up the garage, he was amazed to find that it was in absolutely mint condition. He was able to get it at a really good price, only $500 for both the jet ski as well as an aluminum trailer, of which the trailer is likely worth at least that much. So he was able to cash flow a new toy to allow more of our friends and family to have more enjoyment out of life. The other jet ski, on the other hand, is not a very fi jet ski in that it was several thousand dollars, but we were able to pay it off very quickly. This was a couple of years ago, but my husband had traded in another one of his previous toys, which was a motorcycle in for the jet ski. And then we were able to pay the rest of it off in cash right away. No joke, this jet ski makes my husband have the biggest grin on his face every single time that he rides it because it's a Sea-Doo Tricks. And what that means is that you can do all sorts of tricks on this jet ski, including water wheelies. He gets absolutely pure joy and excitement while he's out on the lake with this jet ski. Our nieces and nephews also enjoy taking it for a spin with either my husband or his brother or our other brother-in-law, my sister's husband, driving them around on the lake. So I'm sure they'll have very fond memories. So in several past episodes, I have emphasized that it is important that you figure out what you truly value in life. Trying to reach financial independence does not mean that you have to give up every single ounce of fun, or every single hobby that you have. Now, mind you, you likely can't go out and spend a ton of money on every single entire toy that you would like to get. Sometimes there's 
a little bit of delayed gratification. You may have to look for the better deals so you can pay for these types of things in cash. You certainly would not want to put the purchase of a toy on a credit card with a very high interest rate and go into a huge amount of debt for it. The same goes with so many other purchases in your life, such as cars or even your home, whether you choose to buy a home or rent. You need to consider the opportunity cost of your purchases. So for example, if you do spend the money on a toy or a car or a home or a larger rent amount, then you are delaying your financial independence because that money is not being invested in the market over those years to help build your wealth. I say all of this to encourage you to be intentional about your spending. Try not to spend frivolously. On today's episode, I would like to talk about how to automate your finances to help set you up for success. When it comes to saving, investing, paying off debt, and building your wealth on your way to financial independence as a PA, automation may be key to setting you up for success so you can reach your goals sooner. Automation helps to ensure that you will not have a late payment on a bill. Additionally, automating your finances takes the thinking and guesswork out of your life so you don't have to make the decision to pay off debt or invest every single paycheck. Most simply are not that disciplined. As a shiny new object, such as a new fancy toy, new bigger house, or a new faster car, or even a new pair of shoes or a new purse is always vying for your money's attention. So the first step to consider in automating your finances would be consider setting up direct deposit. Once you land your first job as a new PA, or when you change jobs throughout your career, your employer will likely ask you to set up direct deposit so they can deposit your paycheck directly into your bank account. Not every employer has this option, but I would say most do, and some may potentially require it. So definitely check to see what your employer says about this. But if you do set up direct deposit, it simplifies things for both you and them. Instead of going to the bank to deposit your paycheck every time that you get paid, go ahead and ensure that direct deposit is set up. Next, you should consider having a small cash reserve in your bank account to act as a cushion for some of these following steps in automating your finances. Since you are planning on having bills automatically to be withdrawn from your account, it's important to have enough money in there to cover those bills. Keep a small cushion in your account, and you could even consider setting up overdraft protection just in case something were to come up that takes more funds out of your account than what's in there currently. When you are setting up automating your finances, you can elect to automatically pay some of your bills. This suggestion would be for the recurring bills that are expected to probably be the same every single month. And it's up to you if you want to decide to automatically pay bills that are more variable. For bills that can be more variable, Some may choose not to automatically pay them so they can review those bills just to make sure that they think that they look okay. If you do have bills that you feel comfortable paying off automatically, then you have a couple options of doing so. Depending on your situation, 
as well as depending on the loan or billing company's policies, such as whether they will let you pay with a credit card or not, as well as if there's a convenience fee to pay with a credit card or not. If there's a convenience fee, especially if it's a high one, you may elect not to pay off bills automatically with a credit card. So one option is you could automatically have the bill paid off by using a credit card every single month that is linked to your account through the company that the bill or loan is through by providing your credit card information, then ensuring that you pay that credit card on time and in full every single month. A second option is you could potentially have the bill amount automatically taken out from your checking account. It really depends upon so many different things and what your options are for each bill or loan that you have. So I personally have some bills that are paid through each of these ways, and they both have their perks. Some of our insurance bills, such as our term life insurance and my disability insurance, as well as my student loan bills, are automatically taken out from our joint checking account every single month. I personally feel like it's really nice that these are set up on autopilot because I don't have to think about them every month to pay them. Another bill that is paid for every month, but that is paid a different way, is our internet bill. This bill I have set up to pay with my credit card every single month. So when it's paid on my credit card, I can see when I'm logged into my banking app on my phone that, oh, it's been paid and... I can take a look at that price for that month and then also can tell when it's jumped because sometimes the cost of internet bills unfortunately do increase. And then if they do increase, we can take the time to consider whether we should try to switch carriers for our internet or even calling them to see if there's something that could be done or to see if they have any type of incentive for us to stay or try to negotiate with them. However, in doing so, I have to ensure that I log in to pay off that credit card every month, as well as update the credit card information through the internet company, such as the new expiration date for a new credit card, as well as the new CVV number every few years when my old credit card expires. I personally do have a hard time to remember this when you get a new credit card in the mail, it can be a bit difficult to recall what all you have linked to that credit card. So if you are able to be especially organized, I encourage you to try to keep a list of which types of accounts or bills that you have linked to certain credit cards so you don't forget to do this. Another option is you could consider automating your credit card payments as well. So some people will set a date every month that they have where they're credit card is automatically paid off from their checking account with whatever balance is on the credit card. I have a personal preference of wanting to pay off my credit cards throughout the month once they start accumulating some money versus waiting until there's a large lump sum that would need to be automatically paid off once a month. Now it's possible this may change in the future. For example, Perhaps once we reach financial independence and if we have a very large cash cushion sitting in our account instead of wanting to currently invest it to try to build the wealth, then maybe I won't care as much about paying off a large credit card sum once a month. Of note, my husband prefers to manually pay many of our bills. And 
He likes to do this because he likes to review them before doing so. I think also he likes to ensure that there's going to be enough money in the checking account too, to make sure that it would cover the checks that he's wanting to send in. Now, certainly this was very important at the beginning of our marriage, as we really did not always have a lot of money in our checking account. As a new PA, my salary was pretty good, but it wasn't honestly amazing, so to speak, especially for the PA profession. And we also had my student loan to pay, our mortgage, and lots of other bills. So it was a lot of balancing, especially as we were learning to work together with finances as a newly married couple. I also understand his perspective of wanting to look at the bills before he pays them, because it's not a bad idea to have an extra set of eyes on those bills to make sure that they look correct. However, I personally would rather automate as much as I can because having to pay a bill every single month is very tedious and it almost seems like you just paid it and it's already another month has gone by. So everyone has their own preferences and I think that it's important to try to work together with your significant other if you are in a serious relationship and are sharing finances to find out what each other's point of view is and to try to be respectful and work together as a team to make sure that everything is paid off. There is one bill for my husband's Bobcat, which he has thoroughly educated me that it is a tool, not a toy, though I still think that the verdict is still out on that one, that we could easily automate, but that we choose to pay with a credit card monthly by logging into the account. One of the main reasons for doing so is that it allows us for more control over putting that bill amount towards a minimum monthly spend when we are trying to earn more travel rewards bonus points on a new credit card. So take a listen to episode 22, if you haven't done so already, to learn more about travel rewards, as well as the amazing current offer for the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, as they have a great sign-up bonus to put towards free travel. So speaking of paying back debt or loans, consider automatically overpaying on your loans or your debt. So the decision to invest while paying off debt or not is personal. And the interest rate of the loan or debt can help you decide whether or not you should try to invest while you pay off the debt. If the interest rate is high, such as over 10%, you really should want to pay off that debt as soon as possible. If the debt is over 5%, you really should likely try to pay off that debt pretty quickly. If it's lower, you may consider trying to invest while you pay off your debt. If you are trying to pay off your debt, such as loans or your probable large amount of student loan debt, consider setting up the automatic payments to overpay on the loan each and every month. As a new PA out of PA school, this was something that I did not do. I was paying my student loans automatically every single month, but it was only the minimum due. It was not overpaying on them. Again, there's always something in your life commanding your money to be spent on it. But if you instead make the one-time decision to overpay on your student loans as well as your other debt, they will be paid off in no time. Additionally, As your income increases or you get bonuses, you could elect to go ahead and increase 
the amount of overpayment on those student loans too to try to expedite the process as well. You can also automatically pay yourself first by establishing an emergency fund as well as starting to invest. So having an emergency fund in place has been discussed as well as investing for retirement in episode 11. Both of these are very important as you build wealth. Even if you are building up your emergency fund, it's highly recommended to automatically contribute at least the minimum amount in your retirement account, such as your 401k, to receive your employer match. As a reminder, your employer match is free money. So try to do everything you can to get all of your employer match, otherwise you're leaving free money on the table. Once you decide that you're at the point to invest more, automatically pay yourself first by investing in your employer retirement accounts. So you can invest more money into your 401k, or if you have a 457b, 403b, etc., as well as your Roth IRA and HSA, if you have those types of accounts as well. You can take a listen to episodes 12 and 13 for an overview of these types of accounts. Once those accounts are maxed, considering opening a taxable brokerage account, where you can again decide to automate your contributions. Personally, Having the money taken out from my paycheck and placed into my 401k automatically and into my HSA automatically before it even hits my bank account or checking account allows the process of investing to be so simple. It takes the thinking out of it for me. Honestly, if that amount of money were to hit my checking account with a full paycheck, so to speak, Having the roadblocks or barriers of having to go ahead and take the time to invest in those accounts every month, as well as not to be tempted to spend the money on other things, would make it a very difficult decision. So I'm thankful that the funds are taken out of my paycheck to be invested very easily. As you build your wealth, you can automatically track your net worth. If you haven't done so yet, take a listen to episode four, where the steps of calculating and tracking your net worth are reviewed, as well as why doing so matters. Tracking your net worth allows you to see where you are starting from in your journey to financial independence and can motivate you as you track your progress on the way. It will also show you the point when you reach financial independence once you have calculated what your number is for you. There are some personal net worth calculation and tracker tools And the one that I would recommend is personal capital. Through personal capital, you can have all of your savings, checking, retirement accounts, as well as loans, assets, and liabilities listed in one place. You can link your online accounts through personal capital so that when you log in, either online or through the app, your net worth is calculated in real time. The best part is that personal capital is a completely free tool. If you would like to sign up to start tracking your net worth, use the link found in the show notes to get $20 if you link at least one valid investment account such as a brokerage or 401k or IRA containing a balance of more than $1,000 within 30 days of registering. Once you have set yourself up for financial success by automating paying off your debt and investing for your future... And once your net worth has built up quite a bit, consider trying to automate 
investing for your children's future, such as through a 529 plan, which allows you to invest for their future college education, or a custodial Roth IRA, which allows you to invest on their behalf if they do have earned income as children. Or you could invest in UTMA or UGMA accounts, which are other types of investment accounts that you could do for your children. I definitely have plans to review all of these different types of ways that you can save and invest for your children's future on a future podcast episode, but I just wanted to mention them today if you wanted to get a head start in researching these types of accounts for your children, as well as consider setting up investing through those accounts automatically as well. So as a review of today's episode, automation saves you time, money, and sanity. First, save your time by not having to take the time to transfer funds between various accounts if they are set up on automation, and by not having to take a paper paycheck to the bank every single time that you get paid, and by not having to keep track of monthly bills and taking the time to manually pay them. Second, save your money, as you will likely have fewer late fees or penalties if you automate your finances. Third, save your sanity, as automation will likely simplify your life while limiting stress and clutter. It can be difficult to keep track of everything in regards to different loans and bills that need to be paid or different accounts to invest in. So allow automation to take some of the weight and pressure off of you. I do have a word of caution on automation though as well. I would highly suggest not automating several subscriptions as it can be too easy to go ahead and sign up for a subscription, but then to forget that you actually signed up for it, end up not using it, but continue to pay the monthly amount. Now, if you do have a subscription that you know that you will plan to use every single month, you certainly could consider automating it. Another word of caution is that although automation can allow you to be a bit more lazy in your finances and can help consolidate your finances, it is still very important to track where your money is coming and going. Automation is simply not an excuse to take a hands-off approach. If you do not think that you would still keep an eye on your finances, then perhaps automation may not be for you, and perhaps you need to consider doing everything manually so you can stay in touch with everything going on to make sure that you catch different things if there are errors or things that are incorrect. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. I'm sure that you have a very busy life as a PA balancing your important work that you do with your life, with your family and friends. If you found this information helpful, please share it with a colleague or a friend, as well as leave a written review while you go ahead and rate the podcast. Doing so helps me to reach more current and future PAs to encourage them to join us in aiming for financial independence. And it's my hope that most PAs will have this goal in the future. Thanks again and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. 
please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.